for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. With me, as always, my co-host, Kirk. Hello, hello. I am your other co-host, Cam. And we are back at you again with another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. This time, a What's Poppin' edition of Popcorn for Breakfast, where we break down the latest in movie and TV news. And for the last couple times we've done these, we've had like big giant topics to cover. So we had like the Golden Globes preview and then the Oscar nominations. And we've got that same thing going again today, Kirk, as at long last, James Gunn has announced his plans, along with his co-CEO, Peter Safran, for what's being called the DCU, the DC Universe. Um, So six-minute video dropped today, no pomp and circumstance, just thrown out there, ready to go, and we've got a whole new slate of movie and TV uh, shows to discuss. Just like that. We do. Very quick. Very quick video. Very concise. Very strange. Uh, grassroots. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was like nothing. Nothing sexy about it. You know, like w- like when Marvel does these <laughs> these like big. Now, now I, I I can't remember what the beginning of the Marvel Cinematic Universe was like. I think it was you know didn't come with much pomp and circumstance. They didn't really call it the Marvel Cinematic Universe or anything yet. They just were like, hey, we've got an Iron Man movie coming out and a Hulk movie coming out. Um, yeah, so, you know, dial up. Dial-up internet was pretty big when they announced <laughs> the first round yes. of Marvel. <laughs> yes. So, like, you know, I can't exactly com- compare apples to oranges, but compared to other announcements that we've had lately in the new era of superhero films and the new era of, you know, social media, whatever, uh, this was this was what I would consider to be pretty scaled back. You know, no no fancy title treatments, with the pretty logos, no big timeline with the the year and the month and all that jazz. It was just a video of James Gunn talking about it and a couple images, which were all just basically comic book covers um, for the most part of comics that already exist. And that was it. That's all we got. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Ten new projects announced. We're going to get into all of it. But before we do that, I want to tease a few things that are coming up here on Popcorn for Breakfast. First of all, uh, last time we spoke, we did the Oscar nominations. We are going to be going through and reviewing the final six nominees for Best Picture that we have not yet reviewed, starting this week with Tar. Now, we did originally say we were going to be reviewing Banshees last week, but man, we're, I don't know, Kirk, somebody has a voodoo doll or something or maybe it's just the curse of the Irish or something that got us because I we've had like a litany of technical issues. In fact, just now before we recorded this episode, the SD card was like, "Oh, you need to be reformatted. All your all your data is garbage." And we almost lost this episode too. Like, I don't know what is happening. Just teaching us to breathe. I think that's. I think it's that's not what working. It is. It's just January teaching me been, high blood pressure is what it's teaching me. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty weird January. I think that's across the board uh, with everyone I've spoken to uh, recently. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that tonight is the final night of January of 2023. That's right. And I'm glad to bury it deep and move <laughs> forward. Let's turn the page. If we need to do some sort of dance or ritual in order to put the evil behind us that was January 2023, Yes. I'm open to that. I've never done anything like that, but I'll take I'll take whatever. Um, so, 
All that is to say, I don't know when the Banshees review will be coming your way, but this week we will be reviewing Tar, starring Kate Blanchett, um, as our first of this uh, last push of Oscar nominees to get reviewed. All of those reviews will be spoiler full, so make sure you stream the movie. Um, Tar is streaming on Peacock, so you have a few days to check that out, whether it be free trial or you're already a subscriber. You can go check it out for free there. Um, and then join us on Friday when that review drops on uh, all your favorite podcast apps and YouTube. Also... Follow us on TikTok. I, I've been meaning to plug this. We haven't really talked about it, but we've gained a ton of um, traction on TikTok lately due to some really fun stuff that we're doing, including um, the 52-week 52 52 week movie challenge, which is something that I'm doing right now where uh, we watch a different movie every week based on a specific category. It's a lot of fun. We've been having a lot of fun with uh, Kirk's I've been playing uh, Say What You See movie game on there, which I am terrible at, by the way. Um, what? Pictograms. Have you been guessing them? You're, I haven't seen your answers there. Have well, you it's because I'm like... embarrassed. Like, I have to wait until <laughs> oh, no. other people answer. The one, what was the one with the eyeball? Um, oh, yes, it's right here, actually. Dude, Did that it? one, I was like, huh? The blind the side. The blind side. I never, never, ever <laughs> would have come up with that. So there's lots of fun stuff going on on our TikTok. So if you're on TikTok, be sure to search, search Popcorn for Breakfast and give us a follow. And I think that's about it, Kirk. I think we're ready. I mean, as ready as we'll ever be. There's a lot, a lot, a lot to cover. But with your permission, Kirk, I'd like to pop it up. Your permission is granted. All right. It's time to discuss DC. Little timeline check here, folks. Back in November, it was announced in a stunner, unprecedented move that James Gunn would be taking over um, as basically the, the Kevin Feige, the creative executive producer of DC Studios, along with um, his pal and colleague, Peter Safran, who, you know, he's been, um, they've worked together quite a bit. He's been his agent in the past, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, since that time, we have been hearing that there would be new plans. If you follow James Gunn on Twitter, he's a very transparent guy. He, he shares, he answers questions. He blows up fake news on the regular about projects that he's involved with. He dispels casting rumors. He dispels uh, rumors of any kind about projects that he's involved with. It's really funny. Um, but he also answers a lot of fan questions. And for the last few months, he has been saying January. In January, we <laughs> will have more information on the DC Studios lineup. Um, and lo and behold, it is January 31st as we are recording this, Kirk, and we got the news. So let's consider James Gunn a man of his a man of his word for that one. <laughs> it's true. It's really true. He he got us to the very last moment that he wanted to make it just right and delivered. So from here on out, we know we can trust him. He has delivered no lies to us so far. Yeah, he's a lot like me with with projects. He's gonna. He's like, well, I said January. January is not over yet, so there is still time. Um, but as we alluded to in the open, we got a six minute video dropped on Twitter today by James Gunn, outlining the details of the DCU. So, Kirk, here's where I thought we could start because there are basically two different categories of news that we got from this video. And the the various, uh, like, there was also a press conference that happened yesterday that briefed the press on a lot of stuff that wasn't included in the video, so we'll talk about that as yeah. well. But the two categories are basically 
what I would call like table stakes or house rules for the DCU, basically what to expect, what they're trying to do, etc. general observations and notes. And then there's the actual projects that have been announced, the 10 projects that have been announced as part of the new DCU slate. So here's what I want to do, Kirk. I think we'll start with the general house rules that have been laid out there in one manner or another about the DCU, and then we'll jump into the projects. All right? Love it. Love that structure. Hope you do too, listeners. Let's get into it. So here are the things that we have learned about the DCU, and we'll we'll pause at the end for both of us to react to it, but if you have anything, any thoughts as I go through, feel free to jump in. The first thing that James Gunn said in his video was that he and Peter Safran um, have basically seen that people do not like that DC is disconnected across all of the different mediums and that people have noticed that and said things about it. And that's something that he doesn't like. So the goal of the DCU will be to connect across film, TV, and gaming. He said that um, things that exist outside of that DCU continuity and that uh, you know kind of combined story will be labeled as DC Else Worlds. So that means that there will be stories that exist outside of the DCU. Things like Matt Reeves as Batman, Todd Phillips' as Joker, Ta-Nehisi Coates' as Superman movie that's being written, which is sort of which is being referred to as like the Black Superman movie right now. Those will be labeled DC Else Worlds. So those projects will still exist. They just won't connect to the DCU. He also said that characters in the DCU will sort of move fluidly through animation and live action. So a character can appear in an animated show in the DCU as well as a a film, live action film, and the same actor will be playing the character in both versions. So you have the continuity of knowing if Superman shows up in this TV show and then he also shows up in this movie, whether he's a cartoon or whether he's a person, that's the same Superman. So that's something that they're going for that I think is a little bit different. Um, they have also stated to dispel many of the rumors that have arisen, particularly around Jason Momoa, that they will not have any actors playing multiple roles. It's not going to happen. Um, so these rumors that Jason Momoa would play Aquaman and Lobo in the new DCU, that has been debunked. He will, he will play one or the other. And they even said that. They literally said that he is sort of choosing between Aquaman and Lobo as we speak, and they've kind of like given him the open door. Um, They have said, and I want to be careful about this because there's a lot of speculation going on around here. When asked about Gal Gadot, Ezra Miller, Zachary Levi, Jason Momoa, and their respective characters as they exist right now, uh, being Wonder Woman, The Flash, Shazam, and Aquaman respectively, they said, there's no reason, this is a quote, there's no reasons why all of the people you mentioned couldn't be part of the DCU. We just haven't decided what the story is that we want to tell that incorporates Shazam or Aquaman. So the door, people are interpreting that as the door is open for those characters to return with those actors. And the final thing is that all four movies that released this year, Shazam Fury of the Gods, The Flash, Blue Beetle, and Aquaman 2 are not necessarily separate from the DCU. But not confirmed also. And and also not connected necessarily. Right. They they, they aren't disconnected necessarily, but they aren't connected. So that's, there's a lot that's of the ambiguous. There's yeah. a lot of waviness. So Kirk, 
give me give me what you're picking up from that from the I want to hear what you think like what are the tea leaves here also you know what are, what's your general reaction is this a good direction a bad direction what what's what's your thoughts from the notes so far it's a clear separation it's a clear separation of things that are already in motion of things that are planned and uh, things that are confusing with you know a little bit of ambiguity (laughs) ambiguity that we just talked about Um, so we got the dcu we got dcu elsewhere worlds which is hard to say and then we also have the dceu projects already in motion that they did not axe immediately yes i do not believe that the call to bring back the existing um, heavy punchers, allowing them the doors open for them. I don't think a lot of them would would entertain coming back or continuing, not because they don't like the direction, just because they are probably ready to contractually get away from this. And mm-hmm. I don't, I, I do believe this is the political side that James Gunn has to speak to because there, if there's at least one person coming along from the, um, original legacy characters of the DCEU, if you want to call it that. Uh, if it's that path, then he can't shut the door on them entirely because one or two of them might trickle in. I do not believe we'll see Gal Gadot through here. I do not believe that we will see Ezra Miller going forward, but he doesn't want to make that controversy, that controversial call just yet on either side of the fence. Um, ultimately, I love how mostly clear that this direction is. Yeah, I think I think the the things we are getting clarity on are things that, you know, as a fan of DC Comics and the, and the DC heroes and a fan of film um, and television, those things make me happy. Which are, you know, animation and 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 live action will coexist with the same actors playing. That sounds really cool. Just like yes. that's not been done totally. It's it's. You know, it's we've had people appear as their character in certain mediums, whatever, but it's not been done in a full scale universe type fashion yet. Um, so that is really exciting. The whole no person plays two roles. I'm really glad they delineated that with a firm line to basically say that, like, no, Jason Momoa will not play Aquaman and Lobo. It's one or the other. I think that is an important distinction. And honestly, the, the DC Elseworlds thing is a good call. <laughs> like, it, it is a good thing to not be sort of strapped to whatever anchor <laughs> exists just because you decided to do an experimental project. Like, if Joker had been a box office disaster mm-hmm. and it was linked to the rest of the DCU, because that was a pretty ambitious, risky project, then you're not toast. You know, it's just, it's one project, it's a standalone project, you don't move forward with the sequel, whatever. Um, and leaving Matt Reeves' Batverse out of this ultimately I think will prove to be the right call because of where it's at. I think it's just ultimately it's just a timing thing, but it's it's a hard decision, but it's the right decision in my opinion on that. But, but the other stuff, <laughs> the actors, um, I tend to agree with you, Kirk, that I would be shocked if Gal Gadot appears Again, I would be shocked if Ezra Miller returns as the Flash beyond this film. I would be less shocked if Zachary Levi returned just because he has a friendship with James Gunn. They've worked together in the past. They have a similar group that they kind of roll with. Um, but here's what I'm reading into that. I think that you could you can read two things into it. One, 
David Zasloff, who's CEO of Warner, is like, hey, we have investments in this stuff and we need it to stay alive. So you can't just say the old stuff is dead. That's a company mandate. Like right. it has to exist. Or two, he's like, we still have four movies coming out this year that we need to perform well. So you can't cut ties with that until those movies come out. We need to be gray. We need to be ambiguous. We need to allude to the fact that they could be connected before chopping the rope. And I think that's the one that's, that's more likely because he referred to this new Superman movie that we'll talk about in a little bit being sort of the actual start of the DCU. So that to me tells me that like, the flash, which is what most people were kind of seeing as like the reset point. If that's not being viewed as the start of the DCU, then I don't think there are plans for Aquaman as we know it, Shazam as we know it, Wonder Woman as we know it, the flash in this new world. I think they're just trying to keep the lights on because you have to think about David Zaslav was just appointed CEO of Warner. They're in financial dismay <laughs> at the moment, and they've got four theatrical releases for DC that they have to support this year, for better or worse. And so he's like, you cannot say that these are not connected. You cannot. Right. We have to sell these tickets. But I think that at the end of the year, it's going to be like, all right. <laughs> you know, like, uh, right. it's over. Assuming that, you know, the Flash cannot die, um, it can, DC cannot continue without the Flash. He's too much of a big character. So get rid of Ezra Miller. Doesn't matter. Um, and you you reboot uh, Aquaman, critical character, Shazam, critical character. When they officially enter the DCU with the same characters or not, think of it as a Spider-Man actor jump as we know it. Think of it as Tobey Maguire to Andrew Garfield, Andrew Garfield to tom holland i think that's what will will land on whether it's the same actor or not it'll have a very different vibe a very different feel um almost in the same way even also speaking to marvel comparisons to daredevil as we've already got mm. a glimpse of the netflix daredevil versus the disney plus daredevil and kind of snippets of what we'll see in the future so that's what i that's how i feel about those those timelines those hard starts you know the Flash with Ezra Miller is going to be the end of the DCEU, whether it's officially the last one that comes out or not uh, in those batch of four. And then Superman, uh, what's the what's the colon on that? Superman, Superman Legacy. Legacy uh, coming in 2025. That's the official start of the of the of the running the starting line, if you will. So that's enticing. It's endearing. It's still familiar even with its vagueness, but it gives you the scope of what to expect and what to anticipate in a fun way and not in a daunting way. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And and the thing is people were like, Oh, you know, Peter Safran is teasing an Aquaman three. What he said was Jason Momoa has always viewed this as a trilogy. That to me does not mean that they're making that Aquaman three. That yeah. to me means they want to sell tickets to Aquaman two. You know, and that will always be the case. They have to get people to go see these movies. So leaving it ambiguous is the name of the game. And with, with something like Blue Beetle that's totally new, even if that movie sucks, which it very, mel very well may, um, they could still survive that if they want to yes. incorporate that character because he's not tainted by the rest of the stuff that people hated, you know. Um, 
because there beyond this, we'll talk about other ambiguity. There are other characters that are moving forward from the DCEU that are more James Gunn tied characters like Viola Davis's Amanda Waller, the whole Peacemaker crew, etc. So there is still a grayish, bubbly, weird area um, here where there, there could be some openness. And maybe when they say things like, there's no reason they couldn't return, they mean like, yeah, if we have Crisis on Infinite Earths and we want to bring back Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, sure. But at this moment, there's no Wonder Woman 3 planned. There's no right. Aquaman 3 planned. There's no The Flash 2, period. So that just is what it is. That's just facts. All good moves. All good choices. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. All right. So let's move into the projects that were announced today. So the what James Gunn and Peter Safran are referring to, not this is not a phase. It's a chapter. They're calling this first chapter of the DCU Gods and Monsters. And this includes 10 projects. I believe it's five TV and five films. Um, split halfway that will begin with the animated TV show written by James Gunn called creature commandos. So this is similar to, I mean, this is even a deeper cut than something like guardians of the galaxy, but this reminds me of a move like guardians of the galaxy to kind of get things started with a low risk project that people aren't going to kill you for (laughs) if it sucks. Um, You know, mostly the diehards are going to watch it. It won't be like, the super mainstream play that that something like Superman will be. So this yeah. is a nice like dip your toes in the water thing here. Um, but this is a deep cut. Even if you're a DC fan, like Creature Commandos is not a not a comic series that you've probably read a ton of. I I know that I certainly have not. Um, but this is the first example of there could be characters here that appear both in live action and animated. Uh, but the the expectation is this will be a HBO Max television series and that James Gunn has already written it and it's getting ready to go. Kirk, your reaction to Creature Commandos being the somewhat start of the DCU. My my immediate reaction is your boy, what's that character's name? The rat guy there. Weasel. <laughs> or Weasel. Weasel uh, played by, uh, by James Gunn's brother, Sean Gunn. <laughs> yes. That character that character if you saw the james gunn suicide squad the suicide squad uh absolutely incredible uh spoiler alert just gets murdered on the battlefield (laughs) but i'm so glad to see that psychotic character come into play here and i can only imagine just if that's one of these characters how crazy the rest of them can be in playing off one another with all their different personalities i mean there's seven characters there seven characters on this screen uh what and thinking about into the future could any of these come back into and will come into the live action that means we're getting weasel again we're getting any number of these crazy characters uh with real people inside of them that's very exciting to me yeah i think it's exciting and i think that like this doing animated opens up a lot of possibilities because you could have a character voiced by a high profile actor who just kind of exists in the animated space. And the, the, the idea of doing a voice acting role is less daunting than having to do a full shoot on yeah. a movie. So like if they wanted to take Brendan Fraser's doom patrol character and move him into the animated series, just keep him in creature commandos as a voice role. 
Like you could still have Brendan Fraser play that character. Yes. And then, you know, if you get big enough and you get enough money, like sure, throw him into justice league, throw him into uh, crisis on infinite earths or whatever. And I think it just, it gives a lot of opportunity to just build the world. You need lots of different characters to get people interested. And this is a great way to start it. So it's weird. It's perfectly on brand for James Gunn. I mean, I, I'm sure he had an absolute blast <laughs> writing this series, and I think it will be a lot of fun. Next up, Waller. Academy Award winner Viola Davis will return again to reprise her role as Amanda Waller. She has been playing the role since the original Suicide Squad, directed by David Ayer. She played it again in both Peacemaker and James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. This will be a television series. It's going to be showrun by, uh, sorry, I'm losing losing my names here, uh, Crystal Crystal Henry, sorry, who wrote on Watchmen, uh, I think just like one episode, but was involved on the creative team, was on the writing team, and was officially credited as a writer on one episode. Um, that's the HBO series Watchmen, not the Zack Snyder film, just for clarity. And then uh, Jeremy Carver, who uh, created Doom Patrol, the Doom Patrol series that was on HBO Max and DC Universe when that was like a streaming platform. Yeah. Remember that weird thing? Um, the It's a live action show. Like I said, Viola Davis uh, will be teaming up with members of Team Peacemaker. So if you watch Peacemaker, all of those goofy guys and gals that were sort of on her team working uh, that case um, and maybe even John Cena will be involved. And it is from a timeline perspective, set between seasons one and two of Peacemaker. My personal take on this is if you can get Viola Davis to be in your superhero movie universe, you do it, (laughs) you know, figure out the continuity stuff later. Peacemaker was a success. James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, while not a box office success, was a commercial success. So it has very little ties to the rest of the DCEU with the exception of that now irrelevant uh, Black Adam post credit scene, etc. But um, I think this is a low-risk move with extremely high reward um, upside. Absolutely. And I only I can only think that we're going to be getting, um, you know, from Viola Davis's role in The Woman King, and now we have Waller. Waller... Uh, typically sits behind a desk, but that image that they flash, that animated image that they flash, that screenshot makes me think more that we're going to get her in the field yes. kicking butt. I think that would be very cool. A new element yeah, of like, this character, like evil Nick Fury, you know, right. Has, has, <laughs> right, right, right. has a gun, has bad intentions is out in the field. Yes. Like she views everything as a means to an end. She doesn't care as long as the results are there. Like, yeah, I could see that. That could be really cool. And yeah, those are the kinds of characters that James Gunn likes. He li- he tends to like characters who are a bit morally ambiguous. You know, they're just they're oh, yeah. they're maybe they think they're good guys, but they're kind of not, or they think they're bad guys and they're kind of not. It's these are the kinds of things that he loves. So I think they've got the right team here, and I'm excited about this. I, I love Viola Davis. I think she's a absolute one of the best ever. So this yes. is this has got me pumped. All right, Kirk. Now the first big one. And I'm going to give you some time on this one because I know you're hyped. But it's Superman, a Superman feature film, Superman Legacy. It's got a release date, which will 100% change, but it does have one. It's July 11th, 2025. 
a totally new Superman coming in. Henry Cavill is is no longer associated with the role. This is a fresh start. It will not be an origin story for Superman, so no, you know, prologue with the parents launching Kal-El and the space pod out off of Krypton as it disintegrates. This will be right. Superman already up and running as a hero. What's your thought? I love it. I absolutely love it. It's like the perfect marriage between... <laughs> between man of steel and smallville the tv series like mm-hmm. we're just gonna mm-hmm. fast forward um and back it up uh we it may even fall in between you know brandon routh's superman returns which man that gets so much flack but honestly it's not as bad as everyone thinks it is it really isn't um it's somewhere in between you mix all of that together and you have like a cocktail of, of the new Superman here uh, and you're backing it up just before he hits the daily planet or it's his first week of the daily planet. This is very exciting. I'm very excited for this. I, I think that July 11th is kind of a good timeline um, for it gives us plenty of time to cast to write, which writing is halfway through its initial yes. draft. It sounds like. And maybe we'll get it uh, even earlier. Who knows if things go well. But as we know, this deadline just hit uh, July, January 20, January 31st for our January deadline. So if it gets uh, boosted uh, a little bit later, I imagine it'll still be in the month of July of 2025. That is a very long time away to think about right now, but not terribly far when you think about what a Superman movie needs to have. The effects, the visuals, the heart I'm very excited to see this rebooted and without the uh, the most important part, without the stigma of a do-gooder, the stigma of a strong moral compass and without being a nerd, without being a Boy Scout, as everyone likes to say, just a good moral person slash alien that I love the most in that they're just sticking to the the general concept the general core of this character and not caring who says anything otherwise yeah it's a fresh start and i i can't think of a character that needed a fresh start in terms of cinema more than superman i mean this is this is it this is the character who needed it um no absolutely no disrespect to henry cavill who i thought did a great job uh playing the role for for years even though he was held back at times by the projects themselves um, right he wore the cape with with you know much honor and prestige and and uh, grace and I really appreciated his performance. But this is going to be good for Superman and ultimately, this guy's the leader of the Justice League. So you only go as far as Superman goes. So this has to be a smash hit. Um, James Gunn is writing the film. I'm gonna bet, even though they haven't confirmed it, that he's gonna be stepping behind the camera and directing this thing too. And I just think it's too. It's it's just too important. It is the most important film or show that we will talk about this whole time. This is it. This is the cornerstone on which the DCU will be built, and it it has to be really really good, uh, or at least That's a really true. really good start. So, I mean, pressure's on, but it's it's very exciting. Very exciting. It's true. Oh, I can feel it. Can Who do you want as Superman, Kirk? Have you thought about it yet? I've not. Yeah, I've not thought either. about it at all. I need to see a full list of every actor between 20 and 30 before <laughs> I can make that decision. I need to see the lineup. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to check it out and see if there are any good picks, but it's exciting nonetheless. 
As long as it's not Timothy Chalamet, that's all I care about. <laughs> hey, no suit, no hard drugs, no superhero movies. He's never going to do it. Um, <laughs> We're good. We're clear. <laughs> moving on to the project that I am second most excited about behind one that comes a little bit later, um, which is Lanterns, which I was mostly excited because, first of all, they are kind of marketing this or talking about it as if it's going to be prestige TV, HBO drama about two lanterns, uh, my two favorite lanterns, as it happens to turn out, Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart, as they sort of patrol the the Earth uh, on their Lantern Corps duties. And the show that James Gunn mentioned as he was describing this, and Peter Safran as well, was True Detective, Kirk. A, tr- yes. a, a, a you know, extraterrestrial version of, of True Detective. Sure, it will take place on Earth, but with guys who can glow and fly and have rings of power solving crimes that, you know, almost certainly have some, some sort of intergalactic uh, consequences associated with them. This has really piqued my interest. I, I just am really excited about it. Some of the, some of the best comics I've ever read have been in relation to green lantern or about green lantern and the lantern core. He's a, you know, the lanterns are really cool if done right. I think, unfortunately, people have been tarnished by the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie to think that Green Lantern is lame. It is absolutely not lame. Um, it is one of the coolest characters that they have, and I am really excited to give them a chance to, like, get down to grassroots and do it right. Um, this just this checks a lot of boxes for me. I'm very excited about it. Also very pumped about this. This is the right move in putting together your first uh, heavy hitters this has to happen this is a great world builder and we have not seen anything since ryan reynolds uh version of this the full cgi suit which isn't as terrible in a rewatch it's not that bad but you do at times just wish that you could see him just in the suit without the glow which will obviously get here they're not going to make that mistake twice that can't happen. Uh, very cool. Perfect iterations of the lanterns coming into play. And the only fear I have is if deemed as true detective, that it's going to be like NC 17 and uh, just like absolutely horrifying. Yeah. Times. Terrifying. Like haunt your dreams. Grizzly, like- <laughs> just gory decapitations. Dude, <laughs> true detective season one messed me up for a while. For a while, that was like it was great TV, but man, at what cost? My 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 mental well being was harmed by that show for an indeterminate amount of time. Um, <laughs> oh, so gosh. we'll see what we get here. But you know, they do have to be careful when it comes to the Lantern Core. That can be a bit overwhelming, and it can be a bit, you know, to the average viewer, a bit ridiculous when you've got all these different space cops floating around with their shiny rings and stuff like that. It has to be done with with great intention and attention to detail to make sure that it doesn't look wacky or campy or stupid. Um, but I think they can do it. There, there's no reason why they, why they couldn't. I think this, I want this to be a, a home run. Biggest risk they have with the lanterns is going for their big bads and with their other lanterns of other uh, galaxies that they're protecting. I mean, the makeup, for those characters was just bad in the, yeah. in the OG, like for comparison, uh, Peter Skarsgård's uh, total concept was just abysmal in translation from the comics. Like it was close, like pretty close to the comics, but for screen it needed to be changed. And 
uh, I have full trust in James Gunn artistic creativity and the people that he uh, selects for the makeup. Yeah, the, the first movie sort of came across as like, we are the Green Lanterns and our biggest enemy is the color yellow. Watch out for Sinestro yes. and the color yellow. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, I can see why it came across that way, but that needs to not happen again. So... Yeah, few few little uh, caution flags there on that one. High upside, but <laughs> lots of lots of risks here. Okay, next up, the authority from from way out of left field here. They are going with a Wildstorm Comics uh, super team, which was its own publication that was sort of separate from DC and Marvel back in the nineties. It got bought by DC, so that whole, like, we're different from DC and Marvel thing didn't exactly last forever. Um, It was kind of shut down, but then when the New 52 came out, they uh, brought a lot of these characters, including some of the characters from the Authority, into the New 52 alongside of uh, DC characters. So New 52 was like a revamp of the core DC characters in the comics world, and some of these characters were involved in that. So... The Authority um, is a is a group um, that is a super team. They, again, are kind of reside in the moral <laughs> gray space. I've read a little bit of Authority, um, I think volume one of, of the Warren Ellis one, but basically these guys just want to make the world a better place and they don't care what the cost is. Um, and if that means overthrowing a government, if that means... Whatever it takes, if if everything like kind of like what I said with Amanda Waller earlier, like everything is a means um, to the end, and the means always justify the end. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they are. So these guys will yeah. be complex characters. This is certainly a uh, not the first super team that I thought we would see. Like this and Creature Commandos being the first like team things that we get in the DCU are way out of left field. I was very surprised by this, but. I also think um, James Gunn was giddy with excitement in the video when he was talking about this one. He said it's a passion project, so I'm inclined to believe that this will um, that he has a really clear vision for this. You know what this reminds me of? I don't know anything about the authority, but looking at this and hearing about how they'll stop at nothing to do what needs to be done, it sounds like a more twisted version of the Eternals. Uh, you know, uh-huh. like. Yeah. In the MCU Eternals, we have just a couple of characters who are speaking to the Gigamag, whatever the, the yes. you know, ethereal god that they're speaking to is his name. Um, there's like two, right? We have Icarus and Selma Hayek that are like, hey, uh, we got to answer to this guy. And those, yeah. it's like that extrapolated through the entire team versus like, uh, you know, I don't know about this guy. Like, look, the humans are kind of nice. Why, we don't want to kill them. Blah, blah, blah. So I think this one is just the, the, the full everything on steroids. Like we're, we'll do every single one of our team members. will do whatever it takes. And the question is who combats them or are there internal fights between all of this team? Yes. Uh, are, what, what happens here? What changes us? What's the, what's the conflict that's exciting to see of what's too far, where they find the line for mm-hmm. this particular group. Yeah. And there's certainly like, like to your point, ex- exactly that, like there could be infighting with this group that leads to them splitting and, you know, one of these characters goes off and, you know, hangs out with Booster Gold for a bit or whatever yeah. and, like, solves, so, you know, works with the Justice League for a while, um, et cetera. So, yeah, I think this will be good. It's it's kind of a blank canvas. There's some really good source material out there. I haven't read it in a while, but I'll have to dust it off. Um, 
and it's interesting and good, but there's also a lot of freedom because again, not very many people know these guys. And I think that's where you want to be with this. That's, that's where you want to be. And, um, there's, you know, there's, there's the only, the only way to go is up <laughs> with, with something like this. So I think that that's, that's good. And this is going to be a film, Kirk. I forgot to mention that live yeah. action film, feature film in theaters is what this is going to be. So, um, exciting stuff. Very exciting. It's mm-hmm. our only the second feature film that we've talked about so far. Next. Paradise Lost, um, which is in reference to Paradise Island, which is the island of the Amazonians where, you know, Wonder Woman comes from. Uh, this will take place prior to Wonder Woman, I suppose. You know, it's, it's sort of about the Amazonians before Wonder Woman. Uh, they compared this to Game of Thrones, so they're throwing lots of lofty expectations out there early, but kind of like, you know, picture Paradise Island in this show as like Westeros and there's all these politics and, um, you know, factions and and different things going on. Could be cool. Um, man, Wonder Woman two just, or Wonder Woman 1984 just leaves such a nasty taste in your mouth that you're like, I don't know if I'm ready to go back, but that plus like for me, Zack Snyder's justice league, which had like more amped up Amazon stuff that I didn't think helped things with regards to them uh, in terms of enriching their story or I think it actually hurt. Whereas like the Amazon stuff in wonder woman one was so strong. Um, So I am cautious about this, but they need to rebuild the wonder woman thing from the ground up. I, I, that's my viewpoint on it. And this seems like a safe, good place to start. Yeah. Kudos to you for uh, cutting off that uh, very gruesome kill on the YouTube viewing here. It's <laughs> a guy that gets a sword through the throat so that, uh, Watch out. that they showed on the video. And I was like, holy cow, Games of Thrones indeed, you know? So it's going to be something. It, it leads the question to how many of these are going to be PG-13, rated R, yes. TVMA. Good point. I think certainly all of the series will likely be TVMA, I think, for the most part. I think they are going to skew toward a more mature audience. I think they you know, you can't just go straight at Marvel and compete with them head to head. You know, Adidas can't decide that it wants to take down Nike playing the exact same game, right? Like they have to play a different game. And maybe that game is, Hey, we have HBO in our back pocket and we can roll out TVMA prestige television shows on the most coveted network that there is for such content. Um, you know, lanterns being truly being like true detective in terms of how they speak to each other, the types of scenes they come across, like being gruesome, like Peacemaker was TVMA. Um, yep. So there's Did a very well. Yep. There's a lot of, I think there's going to be a lot of that. I really do. Um, which will be, I don't know. I, I think it's probably the right move, but we'll see how it plays. I mean, they made what, what was it like? How $2 billion with Joker right um yeah. rated r yeah. rated r so it can be done um superman just, will be pg-13 has to be pg-13 <laughs> i think it does <laughs> but then clear. it's just it becomes difficult like how do you build a world in which how do you build a, a continuous world in which some of your content is viewable by teens you know preteens, etc and some of it's just not you know like that's mm. that will be confusing but maybe the films maybe with the films they'll stick to mostly pg-13 if they can with the larger properties and let the niche stuff go towards 
TVMA rated R. But I think that that's a good call on your part because I think that that's real. Yeah, and if you bring the characters in uh, to the films when they do come into the films, if they don't need a backstory. Um, like they don't need to remind you of, oh, in this, in Paradise Lost, this, mm-hmm. this, this, and this happened. Mm-hmm. If they can just enter the story and help, then I think it doesn't matter. But if their part of the story is so important, then floating between those ratings yes. will be hard for the DCU. Yeah. Yep. You're exactly right. I think that's a good call. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but that's, that's certainly an interesting one. Next up, oh, man, I didn't know this was the next slide. Okay, so I said earlier (laughs) that uh, Lanterns was my second most excited. This one, Batman the Brave and the Bold, this is the one I'm most excited about because it is based on one of the greatest runs any writer has ever had in the history of comic books ever. In my opinion, the greatest run anyone's ever had in a comic, and that's Grant Morrison writing Batman. Um, I have the, this, I dusted this guy off today, Batman and son. Um, that was sort of the start of this story in the comics. Uh, I love this book, uh, with all my heart. I love the Damian Wayne era as, as Robin. Um, he is the son of Bruce Wayne and Talia Al Ghul, Al Ghul. So let's just bring back, uh, Christian Bale and, uh, <laughs> um, oh geez. Why am I for? Why am I forgetting? Who played Talia? And I forget her name, but she was also in Inception. Inception. Oh, gosh. She hasn't done anything in a thousand years. (laughs) She's done some, uh, a lot of foreign films because she can speak at least French. Yeah. Marion Cotillard. There it is. Thank you. There it is. Um, She's fantastic, but she played Talia Al Ghul. Just bring them back. They, you know, this is their, this is their love child. And um, Damian Wayne is an absolute psycho. uh, for the early part of this story. So I don't know how far into this timeline it will be, but two big takeaways here are we're getting a new Batman in the, in the DCU that will exist separate from Battinson. So there will be two Batman simultaneously. Second, we're getting Robin on film for the first time in how long Kirk since like 2002. Yeah. I mean, since, <laughs> Something like that. since Batman and Robin, since Batman, uh, forever (laughs) like that era it just has not been done and they had the you know kind of like weird tease at the end of the dark knight rises where they're like what's your name my nickname robin or your birth name is robin whatever um but this is legit like red and green suit it's on like donkey kong uh so yeah this ooh, uh, i need this to be good i need it in my life kirk it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Uh, who who plays Damien? Any thoughts? Mm, I don't know. Do we wait as we get closer and we see the pool that they've kind of thrown against us? Much like... It's hard, you know, man. Like whenever I th- yeah, whenever I think about the, the younger people who could do this, my mind like goes to the Stranger Things crew and it's like none of those guys. Um, no. And even know. some of like the older people on stranger things are too old to play this character. I'm kind of expecting them to go off the board here. Um, Mm -hmm. I think they'll probably go with a known for Batman because there are plenty of good candidates out there for the role. But I think maybe Damien gets, is like a introducing so-and-so kind of situation. Okay. Yeah. 
It's going to be yeah. awesome, though. This is seriously a great book. Like, if you haven't read comics before and you're like, oh, I wonder where I could start. If you like Batman, I highly recommend the Grant Morrison Batman stuff. Um, Batman and Son, starting there, is is great. Um, and this story is a blast. So I think if they do it right, man, it has potential to be an absolute slam dunk. Slam dunk. So here's hoping. Excellent. I like different. Let's bring it. All right, a couple more left. Next up, Booster Gold, the TV show. This is one of those characters, Kirk, that if you're if you're new to DC, you're probably not super familiar with Booster Gold. He wasn't really one of the guys who was around prominently during the like 90s golden era of, of DC animation when there was the Justice League and the amazing Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series. Um he just wasn't really a, a big player, but now uh, people love this character. And in the newer comics that you read, he's around. I, I think this character is a lot of fun. He's got a super zany personality, um, and they're going with a TV series to start it out. So basic premise is that Booster Gold is just basically a normal, even below average kind of guy from the the way far future, but decides to go back in time where he can be a superhero with all the tech that he has from the future and not be a joke. So that's, I mean, that's a pretty fun premise in and of itself, I think. I love it. I would like to play Booster Gold. <laughs> can I raise my hand? Yeah, you could, you could do it, man. You've got the right hair for it. I think the visor would look good. It's a, it'd be good colors for you, man. I don't know. I could see it. I could see it. I wear a lot of blue. Uh, I can do this. I can do this. Uh, I'm going to reach out to James Gunn right after this episode today. <laughs> yeah, this, man, there's, I, as soon as they said Booster Gold, there were like, there's a few different actors that could do this well. Um, but I don't know, like somebody like Aaron Taylor Johnson, honestly would be kind of, kind of awesome in this role or I don't know how high profile you go, but it's starting with a TV series. So maybe they start, start smaller, but I think it could be a lot of fun. Booster gold. Excellent. All right. Moving on two last ones. Oh, this one's a sleeper. This one could be really good. Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Here's what I'm watching on this one, Kirk. This this comic was written by Tom King, who I think is one of the greatest comic book writers of all time. He wrote my favorite comic book ever, um, Mr. Miracle, his Mr. Miracle uh, run, and he's written um, uh, Omega Men, and um, the, he wrote the Vision comic that was used as heavily for ins- inspiration in WandaVision. Oh, wow. Um, so he's written on both sides. He's a fabulous writer. Really, 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 really good. And this comic just came out. It was recently because I haven't been reading a lot lately and I totally missed this whole run. So I just ordered it on Amazon today, the the trade. But um, people have been raving about this Supergirl woman of tomorrow. Um, James Gunn kind of teased it as like, this is not your Girl Scout you know, Supergirl, this is a person who is kind of mad at the world and is ready, it wants to make a difference, but doesn't have the same kind of things uh, morally attached to her as you would associate with Superman. So there's a lot of interesting yeah. source material here. Yeah, because is it that she just basically watched her world fall apart yeah. and watched this like br- brutal deaths and such? Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so she has endured a ton of loss. Um, and the person who wrote the comic, Tom King, who I was just talking about, Eisner Award-winning um, 
writer, incredible writer, will be writing the movie as well. So they're mm-hmm. they're actually using the comic book writers. And he was going to write a new Gods movie with Ava DuVernay directing it back before it got scrapped. And that was going to have Mr. Miracle in it and Kirk. Yeah. Let me just tell you, this first chapter is called Gods and Monsters. And they said that they're not done announcing the films and things that will be in this. If they announce a Mr. Miracle movie, I will die on the spot. I will be deceased. <laughs> that will be the end of this podcast. That's a fact. Oh no, that's well, Facts. guys, you got about three, three, less than three years before they announce this and the end of our <laughs> podcast. So strap in because that sounds like it's a gift. <laughs> Dude, it needs to happen, but this is a good consolation prize. If it doesn't Tom King writing a Supergirl movie could be fun, but will our Supergirl that's going to be in the flash be this Supergirl, um, mm. Sasha Cal doubt it. Yeah, I, doubt I do it. too. I doubt it as well, but because I, it's so far after the restart, right? It or is. Assuming. Presumably like have, what? 26, 27. Yeah. Cause you can't have Supergirl come out the same year as Superman. That's just, you know, cannibalizing on Superman. Right. So yeah. if that Superman movie, if you know, if it's right, which it has to be, it'll be it has to be a billion dollar movie has to, to to make sure everything's connected, and you won't want anything interfering with any anywhere around that space. What I love about this very different Supergirl is that now you have Superman and Supergirl cousins that they're able to learn from each other, right? So you'll have Supergirl who is just traumatized and just who may not feel like she has to save every single person, right? When she's going about her, her hero duties, then you'll have Kal-El coming in and just saying, Hey, what about this? And there's going to be a balance. They'll, they'll balance each other out in a really, a really exciting way, a really, a really unique way that is very different from what we've ever seen before. And something I'm just really enthralled to see. Dude. Yes. I love that. Like, like Kal-El taking, Supergirl under his wing after the events of this film and kind of like showing her his perspective on life, which will obviously be vastly different than hers. And they're like conversating about, you know, how their philosophy is heroes and yeah. stuff like that. It could be really, really interesting. Um, right. Man would love it. Would love it. But this is one, I think I'm just telling you like, keep an eye out for this project. Tom King is a powerhouse writer he's getting a real shot at a movie. He deserves it. And, you know, assuming the source material is good, which people say it is, and I'm, I'm going to read it in like two days. Um, it, it should be, it should be a banger. So I'm, I'm pumped. One more project, Kirk. And it's one that I was expecting. Actually. I, I thought that they would do something with this character because, um, people love this character and it's a good, weird place to kind of start with the universe. And that's swamp thing. Um, James Gunn did describe this as being tonally completely different from the DCU. He described it as quote, a very dark horror story about the origins of the swamp thing. So we're talking horror films and James Gunn can do horror. He's directed horror films. He has a a soft spot for horror in his heart. So when he says it's going to be a horror movie, I tend to believe it's going to be a horror movie. Yeah. Uh, does this land in the DCU or DCU Elseworlds? No, this is DCU. He said it, it wow. will be a different tone altogether, but it will tie back. And so maybe like Swamp Thing's first appearance is full-blown horror. And after that, it's not, you know, like maybe the, after that he he's he shows up in team-ups and stuff like that. But yeah. 
Um, yeah, he said it will be a part of it, even though it will feel very different. Yeah, that paired with the image dropped, which we're sharing on our YouTube page, um, gives me like Kong Skull Island vibes, Ooh, but yeah. scarier, much scarier. I know. I'm like, you know, they they try to tell us on the Marvel side that like Multiverse of Madness would be a horror film. And as 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 much as there are like jump scares and creepy horror elements and stuff in that movie, that movie is far from a horror film. Um but they did bill it that way. They were like, Multiverse of Madness will be Marvel's first foray into horror. And and it's it wasn't. So we still no. kind of have yet to see, you know, like New Mutants wasn't really much of a horror film either. And it was also so bad. But we have yet I mean, to see. It was horrifying to watch. They got was, that part, right? It was. Man, thank God for Anya Taylor-Joy. That movie would have been so much more unwatchable without her yeah. in that cast. But um, we've yet to see a real horror superhero movie that's connected to DC or Marvel. And so this will be it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that's it, Kirk. That is the first 10 projects announced. Uh, and this is, again, this one's a film. Supergirl's a film. So the, f- the five films are uh, Superman, The Authority, Batman, The Brave and the Bold, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, and Swamp Thing. And then the TV shows are Creature Commandos, Booster Gold, Waller, um, Paradise Lost, and Lanterns. Wow. So that's where we're at with uh, our first 10 projects for the DC Universe. Kirk, overall thoughts on the slate. Is it what you were expecting, not what you were expecting? Are you optimistic, pessimistic? Where are you at? Not what I was expecting at all, but kudos, big kudos for getting Superman and Batman on the slate right away. Very important, obviously. Very optimistic. Some weird stuff in there that I, if it wasn't James Gunn, I would have zero faith in what this looks like but we know he has poured his heart into some very weird characters that are now some of the most beloved characters across entertainment and comic books uh whether you liked comics before or not so very optimistic about this lineup i agree i i am worried about the ambiguity around the existing properties um but i do I'm, i'm gonna have faith that they will resolve it in a way that is intelligent and i I'm going to have faith that the, the chatter about the movies that are releasing this year is mostly posturing and marketing to make sure that those things don't like, make sure they aren't dead at arrival, <laughs> dead upon arrival whenever they get to the box office. Um, right. I think that's what it is. I really do think that's what it is. Um, James Gunn did call, he literally called the flash. This is a direct quote. One of the best superhero movies of all time. Or ever made is what he said. Hold on, since I said it's a direct quote, let me get the let me get the <laughs> quote right. Quote: One of the greatest superhero movies ever made. Sheesh, is it really? Could it be? I mean, it could be. Um, it it could be, but yeah. And then if it is, and you don't harken back to it, I don't know. I don't know. There's still so much. There's so much, Kirk. But we're here. We have a slate. We've discussed it. I'm also optimistic. You're optimistic. That's, that's you know, at the end of the day, that's all we can ask for DC. It feels good to be optimistic about DC for once. All right. Finally. Finally. 
So we'll leave it there. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening and for being here. Um, as a reminder, our review of Tar will be the review that will be dropping this week on Friday, February 3rd. Um, it's available on, to stream on Peacock, so please do so so you can listen to the review and share your thoughts. And until that time, we will leave you with the beautiful tones of rhetoric the band who created our original music. Check them out anywhere you listen to music. And we also want to thank our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs. See you later this week for our review of Tar. Talk to you then.